Have you ever heard of an armchair quarterback? It means someone has an opinion but doesn't necessarily participate in the sport. But it also means that they care enough about the sport to discuss it and try to make it better. In our basketball world, we call this cardboard box seats. We see the game from afar like true fans, but we always show up with the same intensity as if we were at the games ourselves. We don't have the money or the connections like the other talking heads on TV, but we do have some ideas which might seem too out there, and honestly we've got opinions which might change. Either way, we have fun, so come and watch the game with us from our cardboard box seats. Well, howdy, partners. Welcome to the most rootinest, tootinest basketball podcast this side of the Mississippi. Put your horses in the back and settle in for a fan... Nick, you gotta stop laughing. I can't do it. Put your horse... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome to Cardboard Box Seats. I'm your sheriff, Gabe, and Nick is here as well. Howdy, partner. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead. We're sponsored by Red Dead Redemption. And little Nas, yeah. little Nas X. Little Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus. They're working on our new intro song. So is Nick, too. He's learning our, our theme on the trumpet. Let's let's hear what he's got so yeah, far. My trumpet. All right, ready? Are we ready? There we go. Wow, that was incredible. Um, we're going to stick with our saxophone for now. Um, but yeah, practice makes perfect. Yeah. I'll stay on it. Stay on it. So we got an exciting episode um, today. Before we jump in, we just want to say special shout out to the Philippines. Um, there, there's a group down there who's listened to all of our episodes. I uh, just want to say, hey. In a week. Uh, so instead of binge watching, they're binge listening. Binge listening. We're, we're the new Netflix of podcasts. Oh, bold What move. can I say? They're, they're joining this experience with us and they're, they're growing with us as well. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, we do. We really do. We love seeing, um, we have a map of all of our statistics, and it's always so much fun when we see another country get colored in. Or um, state. Or state, yeah. It's always fun with states, but looking at the world um, right. the world map, it's like, oh man, we got someone in the Philippines. We got someone in Australia, Germany, United Kingdom. It's fun. It's fun. Speaking of which, um, we've had a consistent listener group in Ontario, in Canada, um, and we appreciate you as well. It's been fun looking at that little section color up too. Um, reach out to us. We wanna we wanna hear hear about you. Follow us on um, social media, Instagram, Twitter. Send you a sticker. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah, um, and then of course we got. It looks like the whole East Coast loves us. It's great. Yeah, we really got to branch out. Maybe take a road trip out west. Ooh, okay. Anyone in like Idaho that uh, wants to put us up? <laughs> no no um but anyway let's go ahead and dive into this staying relevant category that we normally do uh we're working up on a more clever name when it comes to that but staying relevant is what we got right now also side note nick was telling me that we talk about drama almost every time we get on the podcast and let me just say this the nba is full of drama so we're gonna talk about it (laughs) preach preach anyway so let's talk about this new tampering rule. So Adam Silver came out in the governor's meeting, and he was talking all about this whole tampering type thing, and he uh, and the governors came up with some more amendments to the rule they already have. So the changes are as following. As following. 
The NBA can suspend executives, void contracts, take away draft picks, and fine a team up to $10 million. That is that is incredible that they have the power to do that. That The governor has essentially said, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. I mean, they're loaded anyway. Yeah, they are, but I'm, I'm not worried about the $10 million. I'm worried about the voiding the contract and taking away draft picks. That's that's true. I I, I think that, I don't know, that's... That's the biggest threat of them all right there. So essentially, like, if... So based on these new rules, and we'll get this into, into a second, but Kawhi Leonard, when he demanded that the Clippers trade for Paul George, that would have been considered tampering. So therefore, the NBA could have voided the Kawhi Leonard contract, Paul George contract, and they could have essentially taken away draft picks, but I'm pretty sure they gave away all their draft picks anyway. <laughs> um, but that's just crazy. And I think it's it's important to do that now because of the precedent that Kawhi kind of set. Yeah, and I mean, the same thing probably would have happened with Anthony Davis too when he was requesting his trade to the Lakers. So, And then I guess it goes back two years ago when, when uh, Paul George was requesting that trade from mm-hmm. the Pacers to the Lakers. So, Oh, man. I think, man, I, I just don't know like how this is going to be monitored, you know? Because you know tough. players are going to talk. Yeah. They're going to text each other. It's, it's They're not going to stay behind their state line they're like oh i'm not talking to you right um i mean like like showing lebron uh inviting anthony davis out to dinner when anthony davis was on the pelicans like that would have been considered tampering and um right when lebron called anthony davis like a great player i think it's such like a gray area because players should be able to compliment their other players and say how Mm -hmm. great of players they are but like in some some aspects that's considered tampering in some aspects it's not like Right. It's essentially considered recruiting, which is just kind of, it's, it's annoying. I, I, right. I agree with you. They should be able to talk positively about their, their friends because it's not just other players. They're, they're a very close-knit group. They're, oh, yeah. You'd be surprised how many uh, friendships are in the NBA, and there's a couple that you'd be like, oh, I wouldn't like expect that, but it happens. Yeah. Um, some other things that the governors decided to do was they created an anonymous hotline to report tampering. I think this is a little bit silly. Come on. Yeah. Like, this seems so... I don't know. It just seems like like espionage. As long as it's a red phone, I feel like it's okay. Like, if they pick up the red phone and are right. able to report it that way, it's it's okay. <laughs> and it has to be in, like, a phone booth at yeah. night, and it's raining. Yeah, and he's exactly. Like there has to be a shoulder. newspaper... Yeah, we're in England in the 1700s. Right, yeah, because that's when phones were exactly. Um, I think that's a little bit silly, but you know what? Whatever, whatever makes them feel good at this point. Yeah, we're not the governors. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's some reason. Side note: for those of you who don't know, the governors are essentially the owners. They changed the names this past season. to from owners to governors of the team so right so everyone in charge of the team the the where the essentially the buck stops with each individual team they get together and have a meeting i think it's every month or every quarter or something like that they talk about implementing plans new plans how to change the nba yada 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 but they're now called the governors like they were saying so um another thing that i thought was interesting was adam silver initially said that there would be like a random audit, which just means uh, the NBA would be able to take away the the team's computer servers and phones and like five times random during the year. What? 
Like, is this really, is this the biggest problem? Is tampering, is that what's ruining the NBA right now? I think this offseason really showed how, how much tampering goes on. Or maybe it was just this offseason where there was so much tampering compared to other offseasons. Yeah, I I don't know. I think It kind of goes back to the max contracts, though, too, because if there wasn't the super max contracts, would there be this much tampering? That's true. That's I don't want to get you started, though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I won't, I'll put my soapbox away. It was looking at me. I made <laughs> eye contact, but I, I said, no, not today. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I think... <sighs> I just, it's, it's, it's too hard. Tampering is too difficult to monitor. So there's really no point in, in monitoring it. People are going to talk. It's going to happen. Right. It's, at this point, it's annoying how much tampering, like quote unquote tampering is going on. Right. And there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that we don't even know about. So, I mean, just the tampering that yeah. we think we know about, there's probably double that or triple that. Right. And, and they, and they suspected a lot of tampering because, a lot of during the offseason, a lot of contracts came out right at the exact moment of free agency. So like, oh yeah, they were obviously talking beforehand. Like, or thirty, yeah. it was actually thirty minutes before. Yeah, like who cares? Yeah, it does. It doesn't matter. These people aren't playing the game anymore. They're they're out for the whole. They're out for pretty much a month at this point. Like, yeah. what are they going to do? They're they're not. They're just going to sit and wait. No, they're going to weigh their options. They're going to talk to people. Ridiculous. Maybe this is my new soapbox. I don't know. <laughs> You're only allowed one, so you got to choose. Darn. Okay. Some other comments. So, in general, there was this whole drama where Magic Johnson, when he was he was part of the Lakers organization, he complimented Ben Simmons. That was viewed as tampering. He was fined. There was a whole uproar. It was like, whoa, what? What the heck? What? Why is this tampering? So, uh, the NBA has decided that quote random comments by one team's official on another team's players is not tampering. Yay, something that makes sense. Glad we established that. <laughs> yeah, great. Um, and then finally, um, they like when a player kind of in, induces another player to demand a trade, like when Kawhi said to Paul George or the Clippers said to Paul George, hey, demand a trade and we'll get you, get you in here with Kawhi, that is tampering. That makes sense. Yeah. Common sense, but sometimes it has to be written. <laughs> Those governors. That's ridiculous. Nick, what's next? Um, so, talking about drama, we still got some more drama to talk about. So oh, much, yeah. much like we talked about Kevin Durant drama, we got his best friend Kyrie Irving. He also brings a lot of drama to the table, which will make the Nets roster very, very interesting this year. So, he's made several comments from Celtics to Kevin Durant to why he didn't play well last year, and we're gonna dive into that real quick. So media day was this past week, and uh, Kyrie sat down in his new Nets uniform and answered uh, questions from the press, took took a lot of fancy pictures, stuff like that. So some things he kind of touched on were, were like when he was on the Celtics, he made comments like reasons he didn't play so well. So apparently at the start of the season last year, around October-ish, his grandpa passed away, which is really sad. But he said that because of that, his, his life was essentially shook and... Um, he couldn't really focus the rest of the year, and he, he took it on himself and said there were things he could have done, like talk to people and stuff like that, but he took it as there's his life outside of basketball, and then there's his life inside of basketball, and he kind of essentially kept it his life outside of basketball the whole season and didn't step up and play as high caliber as he should, and I don't know, thought, thoughts on this for me is just like, you're, this is your this is your job. Your job is to play professional basketball like 
yes, I understand. Like you want, you have a life outside of basketball. And yes, it's really sad that your grandpa passed away, but there's a reason like you have people to talk to and you need to rely on those people during times like that. But then like to use that kind of as an excuse going all the way into May of the next year is kind of, kind of crazy when comparing him to like Isaiah Thomas, whose sister died in the playoffs and then was able to go and drop like a huge amount of points to help the Celtics go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely thin ice when it comes to this kind of situation. But I understand why he wouldn't necessarily have reached out to people. Not I don't think that's what he should have done. Although that is what he did do. He didn't reach out to anyone. He didn't kind of deal with it in the proper channels. Um, but at the same time, I think if he would have been honest with both the Boston organization as well as his teammates and his fans, uh, and he might have as far as like the organization and the his teammates, but as fans of basketball, we never heard about this until now. So basically one year later, and we were all kind of criticizing him. Like, what the heck? What is this guy doing? Why is he playing so terrible? Why is he treating his team so bad? Quote, unquote, treating his team so bad. But I think when it, it, Boston is that type of city where it's like, if you're going to be honest, like they're going to support you. They're going to back you up. They're obviously not going to like, like you said, with Isaiah Thomas and his, his sister passing away, I don't think... I remember there just being like a huge wave of support from right. Boston, um, and and that's what Boston does. Like they're, fa- it seems like they're a family and they want to stick together because they have that whole close knit um, group with the, the Red Sox, the Celtics, the the Patriots. But I don't know. It just I, I understand not wanting to tell your personal life to the NBA, but at the same time, it's like why wait a year later? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's, that's a tough situation for sure. But then he made a comment about KD too. And then I was like, oh, he's back to his old self. Yeah, he was uh, essentially bashing the Warriors for letting him come out and play um, that, that game against the um, the Raptors in the finals when he said KD wasn't ready. Everyone knew that, yet he, he was still forced to play. Which makes me wonder, was he really forced to play or did Kevin Durant have an input? And I think... I mean, it's his body. He deserves the right to say no. He shouldn't be able to play. And I'm sure that went on. I'm also sure that I also think that maybe there was some like background noise, like maybe the rest of his teammates in front office saying like, yo, like we really need you. And I'm sure they were like, we really need you. If you don't want to play, it's okay. But like, we got to win this game or we're out like type, type talk in the background. So, I mean, yes, he probably had the choice to sit out and maybe the peer pressure was getting to him, but at the end of the day, it's his body. He deserves the right to say, I, I want to play or, or no, I don't want to play. So he could have he could have decided no, you know? Yeah, and yeah, I, that's definitely true. I, I do think, I don't know why Kyrie had to say that. No. Why did he, he, I believe the exact quote was, we all knew he wasn't ready. It's like, how many people are you going to throw under the bus with that one? Yeah. Like, I mean, he knew sitting on his couch um, at home, not in the finals. Exactly. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I think we've said this before, but kind of bashing other teams, especially their medical staff. Like, it's not, it's it's clear that they, they didn't, they, they, they knew Kevin Durant probably wasn't, wasn't doing okay as far as his Achilles. And they probably said, hey, listen, ease off but when you get into the mind of a competitor and i think he kind of touched on this as well it's hard for you just to sit back and kind of let the championship happen you yeah. know and it can kind of go back to like Kyrie doesn't like it when people are bashing him going back to last year um so don't bash other people you know yeah 
treat others the way you would want to be treated. The golden rule. It's the golden rule right there. So, media day happened. There was a lot, a lot of things happen. So we're just going to go down this list really quick. There's not, there. I mean, these titles say it all. So, LeBron has officially passed the torch. The more we see him talk and the more we see him in press conferences, the more he is like praising Anthony Davis, which is a good thing. It's a good thing. I think that Anthony Davis, Davis has the offensive uh, caliber to kind of, kind of put the team on his back for a little bit, especially with LeBron there, obviously. But he's seeming more and more checked out from the his his GOAT status. I think LeBron is definitely a great player. But, like, he, I think he's starting to pick and choose who he wants to pass the torch to. Because last year, wasn't it uh, Ben Simmons? He kept calling the Prince. And now he's passing the yeah. torch to Anthony Davis. So, like, he's just looking for that star player that meets his, like, expectations and, and greatness of similarity for how much how well he plays you know like and he's just trying to find that so that way he can step down kind of like kobe to lebron and michael jordan to kobe you know right and i mean i think that's fair um it's interesting that you bring up like jordan and um, kobe and lebron like even though jordan figuratively passed the torch to kobe they weren't on the same team you know what i mean uh, that's true. There was like Kobe and LeBron, like they rarely face off each other, face off against each other in the playoffs. So I think he's like actually trying. Honestly, I think it's like a cop out. I think he's saying, oh, yeah, th- this player is going to take it. It's all on them now. Bye. I'm going to go work <laughs> on Space Jam 3. Space Jam 3. Oh, man. He's already started the third one. Yeah. I'm waiting for Bronny. I, like like you said last episode, I mean, he's probably waiting on Bronny. Let them two play together and then mm-hmm. done. Then he's going to own the Lakers. Look out, Genie Bus. Look out. I think he would be a good um, team owner. I think he would. Yeah. So, next part of Media Day, Kevin Durant, he was asked why he moved, why he went to the Brooklyn Nets. And he didn't do this, but this is what I thought with his comment. He said he moved because he wanted to. He felt like it. And you know that emoji, which is kind of like the shrugged uh, little person? That's what I pretty <laughs> much picture him as. Oh, I just wanted to. What? It doesn't matter. You you have that right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that question was asked. <laughs> <laughs> Those questions that the media ask are, are sometimes very silly. Yeah. Um, so we're also thinking about a clever name to combine Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So far we have Hardbrook and Rustbeard. I don't like either of those. I feel very uncomfortable saying both of them. Uh, so we're still working on that. But anyway... Um, Russell Westbrook said that he is prepared to scare a lot of teams this year, talking about like the, the combination of Russell Westbrook and James Harden. And even um, I think Eric Gordon said this was the current roster is the the um, the most talented team that he has ever played on. Wow. That's a, that's a bold move. Russ also said that he's going to be nicer to the media this year. There was a, a lot of drama last year with one particular um, Oklahoma reporter. Yeah, Oklahoma reporter, um, every time that he would ask a question, Russell Westbrook would say, next question. Like, he would not answer his question. And it goes back to a couple years ago. Like, there was one question the guy asked, and it really just Mm -hmm. set Russ off. And ever since then, he hasn't wanted to answer any of his questions. So now that he's out of the picture, I'm sure he'll be really nice to the media. Yeah. In fairness, it doesn't take a lot to set Russ off, but (laughs) we'll leave it at that. Next one. Jimmy Butler um, wants people to know that he's not that bad of a guy. Is anyone convinced? No. That's what people say when they are that bad of a guy. <laughs> no, I promise. I promise I won't hurt you again. I'm not that bad of a guy. <laughs> Take me back, please. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's ridiculous. 
And then finally, Oladipo will be out for an undisclosed quote-unquote while they have not released a timetable on his um, his injury from last year and this is really hurting my hot take of the year that the Pacers will go to the Eastern Conference Finals so I'm just going to cry now I, I feel like there's probably a lot of hesitation bringing back injured athletes because of everything mm-hmm. that went down with Kevin Durant so all the teams are going to be super cautious now I don't blame them yeah kind of in the hot seat especially their medical staff so yeah for sure, for sure. So let's let's talk about this real quick. So the G League decided to um, speed up their games. So instead of taking two foul shots, they would take one foul shot, and that would count for both the points. What do you think about that? It's kind of silly. It's kind of silly. I wonder like how much time that actually speeds up, though. Right. And I wonder if Adam Silver's like, we'll try it out in the G League and then see if it works out. And if it doesn't work out, then we don't have to worry about bringing it to the NBA. It's kind of like that practice field where you can try things out in the G League. Right. Yeah, it's smart. We'll see what happens. Maybe next year they'll do the four-point shot line in the G League and see if that works out. Three-on-three, only half court? Man, sign me up. Yeah. (laughs) Ice cube? Ice cube? Um, Water steam? I'm trying to think of like a... (laughs) <laughs> another f- state of matter for water water steam <laughs> water steam precipitation precipitation snowflake <laughs> the nba also wants accurate height information about their players which leads me to believe that players have been lying about their height and they're just like normal people <laughs> <laughs> no i promise i promise i'm six two yeah i'm six foot in reality i'm like five two <laughs> <laughs> Which is one thing that like really, really brought this to light was there's a picture of Kevin Durant and DeMarcus Cousins next to each other. And I think DeMarcus Cousins is listed as like 6'9", and Kevin Durant is listed as like 6'7", or something. And Kevin Durant's taller than DeMarcus Cousins in the picture. So I think that's just like an optical illusion because he's so skinny. It looks like oh. he's twice as tall as he actually is. Wow. Weight <laughs> distribution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... So it would be nice to actually know how tall some of these players are. Yeah, I figured the NBA would have been on this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew it would take 75 years to figure this out? We can have the projected stats for 10 years in advance about how many fouls they're going to have, but we can't. We don't know how tall they actually are. (laughs) What is this? Oh, man. Um, Speaking of DeMarcus Cousins, um, the Lakers announced in their media day that DeMarcus Cousins, despite his uh, domestic abuse allegations, he is still part of the roster and he's still on the team and the Lakers stand by them, stand by him until further notice. It's kind of nice to see a team stand by their players, unlike the Patriots and Tony Brown, but. That, no, don't even get me started on that. That is, that is nothing like what this is. I think, I don't, don't, actually that's, I don't know. I can I can hear myself contradicting myself in my head. <laughs> We're a basketball it, podcast. Let's stick to that. Yeah. Okay. It, it is a little bit different, I think. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the youth. Those youngins. The youth. The wild youths. Was that was that line in New Girl? New, New Girl. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. Youths. The youths. <laughs> Schmidt. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some teams that we haven't actually talked about. We're not going to talk about Boston anymore. We're Eight episodes in, we're going to talk about other teams. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Thanks for sticking through this far. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Hawks, the Bulls, the Kings, and the Mavericks. A lot of these teams have a quote-unquote young core. And honestly, looking at the, these rosters, it's like, dang, these, these are some good teams. Yeah. So out of those four, which team do you like the best right now? The team I have going the farthest would be the Mavs out of those four. Out of those four, just for next year, um, mm-hmm. I like 
the Hawks, like the Hawks and the Mavs are kind of tied just, just from personality and stuff like that. Being close to Atlanta, I feel like, I don't know, just, I, I, I know a little bit more about the Hawks and they have the fourth Miko and Vince Carter father, grandfather time. So grandfather time. It's true. But they also have John Collins who was, who was crazy good this past year and the year before. And then Cam Reddish, who was kind of like that, that third star on the Duke squad with Zion Williams, Zion Williamson and RJ Barrett. So that, I think for me, I, I have the Hawks probably making the biggest jump um, this year. I definitely think the Mavericks will make a, a pretty large jump considering they uh, finished 14th last year uh, without Porzingis. And then they added some other kind of integral players. I think looking at that list, the Hawks and the Mavericks are probably going to make the biggest jump. Although I am very excited to watch both the kings and the bulls the kings because dude they finished ninth last year in the west i think the kings have it rough just being in the west number one and then like being in california too right now Mm -hmm. that adds a little bit more to it like they're kind of the little little brother in california right right now so (laughs) the other 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 team right california (laughs) right sometimes i think sacramento's in nevada just because like there's there's enough teams in california we're just gonna put sacramento in nevada just just pick up the whole city and move it the capital city (laughs) take the whole city and move it over there (laughs) the bulls i'm really excited to watch as well because you have zach levine um auto porter jr lori markinen um and those are those are stars that kind of have they're young stars but they've been injured unfortunately they have very big potential. They have the great kind of markings of a like a, a core three um, team. But when you add in Kobe White, who was a UNC point guard, I I loved watching Kobe White. I don't know if you watch a whole lot of the March Madness tournament, but he was phenomenal. It was great. Yeah. I don't know. the The teams in the East definitely have a t- have a chance to make the playoffs. I think um, just because there's nothing over there. So out of out of all those players that we kind of listed between you and I, which player do you think will have their their breakout year? I think Porzingis, just because hopefully he'll be healthy um, and be on a team that has a lot of other all stars that can help, or not all stars, but a lot of other great players that can help support him. Um, and then going with Luca, I mean, if those European players, I, I think it's just going to be great for sure. Um, for me. I think it's going to be, man, I could see De'Aaron Fox going off on the Kings, but I could also see Trey Young going crazy. Yeah. That, and that's, that was, yeah, that was a tough decision for me. Cause I mean like Luca and Trey were like neck and neck for yeah. rookie of the year. And mm-hmm. it, just seeing that one of them finished 12th and one of them finished 14th and they were both like huge dominant players. Like, right. Exactly. It, it almost seems like they're one, they're like one piece away right from making that jump you know what i mean yeah and i think the mavericks they definitely kind of they helped by adding porzingis that's that's a big piece brought seth curry back yep tim hardaway i like tim hardaway i know a lot of people don't really like him but i think he's great um he's good for fantasy basketball i'll explain (laughs) that in our fantasy basketball podcast coming soon so if you were playing the quote-unquote long game i need to stop saying quote-unquote what is wrong with me? Yeah. This is ridiculous. Quote, unquote, while doing air quotes. Yeah. Okay. I feel attacked. It's okay if I attack myself, Nick. You can't attack me. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so if you were playing the Quote, non-quoted long game, um, which team would you rather be a part of or be like the, the governor of or the general manager or the coach of? Which team do you think has the, the furthest potential? Are we going to say that we're locking in the lineups now? There's yeah, no just lock in the roster. No trades. Okay. 
I think I'm going to say Mavs. I think I'm going to say Mavs too. Yeah. Um, I, I do think the Kings would probably be my second pick because as these players grow, like uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, um, Marvin Bagley, the third, even Kyle Guy, who was on the Virginia team in this past uh, tournament. Yeah. He, he's a shooter. I like him. Those those players made an incredible amount of progress com- from last year to this most current year. Um, and I'm excited to see, watch them for the next year because i think they went from in 2017 they they were in the double digits uh kind of near the bottom and then they went to the ninth they finished ninth in the western conference and then i don't know i think i think they might be able to sneak in there maybe um, i was saying Mavs just because they're all kind of like that sophomore junior class into the league mm-hmm. um so they're all kind of a little like settled where they are so they, they have more experience and then uh, yeah, I definitely think Kings, I, I think Kings number two, they're, they're just a little younger for me. So I don't think they'll go as like, have as much potential, but they definitely have like some growth like yours. Yeah. Saying. Oh yeah. I mean, all these teams could grow for sure. Yeah. But uh, as the future has said multiple times, it's hard to predict the future. Yeah. <laughs> so we should, we should make like a big document of all of our projections for every single thing. So we can come back here 10 years later and be like, oh, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> took 10 years but i was right <laughs> vince carter finally retired yeah <laughs> psych he's not retiring ever yeah grandfather time father time let's talk about some more youth speaking of Lamelo ball the youngest of the ball brothers fathered by lavar ball of big baller brand bbb bbb hey boo boo <laughs> There's been a lot of buzz about Mr. Lamelo Ball. Um, he's going. He's playing in the Australian league right now, and he's he's quite frankly he's gone off in the preseason game. This was his stat line: 19 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists. If you've seen this guy, this guy is a skinny dude. I think it, it is incredible that he was able to get 13 rebounds. Granted, this isn't the NBA. This isn't the NCAA. I don't know a whole lot about. I believe it's the NBL. NBL, what the league is? Yep. Yeah, the NBL in Australia. This, this could. I mean, everyone's talking about it, so it must be some sort of an accomplishment, right? It's a pretty. I mean, you can think of it kind of like like the G League for the NBA. Like a lot of players are starting now to go there and play instead of going to college and getting more experience. It's kind of like playing in Europe, but just it's in Australia. So, hmm. it sounded like you wanted to say mate at the end of that one, mate. No, crikey. <laughs> Crikey! So let's talk about how he was. He's supposed to be a number one draft pick. Oh, that was kind of that was kind of English. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone thinks he he could be. He has the potential if he keeps these numbers up to be a number one draft pick. Yay or nay? I don't know. I mean, everyone thought a couple of years ago Lonzo was going to be the number one draft pick. Granted, he was the number two draft pick, but still, <laughs> like, if you're if you're going like, oh, he's going to be number one. He's going to be number number one, and then to be picked number two to faults like uh i don't know yeah i see what you mean for sure there's 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 a couple nba players that think Lamelo will be better than lonzo like cj mccollum yeah i think maybe they're playing the long game they're saying hey he's had a little bit more development time outside of the limelight so maybe he's kind of changed his own game up so that he's able to bring a different side that he hasn't brought before but I, i generally speaking Lamelo is a much better shooter than both of his brothers, specifically Lonzo. I think Lamelo has slight a slight advantage just because uh, Lavar is not talking as much 
as he was with Lonzo. So that definitely helps him out because I think, I think LeVar kind of like made these huge expectations for Lonzo that he felt like he had to live up to. And Lonzo even said like he's playing, he's living his own life right now in New Orleans. So like that definitely helps him out in development. And I think it helps LaMelo with not having his dad talk that big game. Yeah, you talk a big game, but you got to follow it up. Yeah. And I think it's going to be tough. I wonder how long it'll take LeVar, well, considering if, in a hypothetical situation, if LaMelo Ball does go number one, how long it will take LeVar to, like, forget about Lonzo. You know what I mean? <laughs> His oldest son, you think? Yeah. I think he'll just be like, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm on the LaMelo, LaMelo train now. Let's let's all focus on LaMelo. What about LiAngelo? Like, that poor guy, if his brother gets number one, like... Well, I mean, he's not going to be invited to Thanksgiving at all. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be I kicked think, out of the house. Yeah, he might. He he's been training a lot though. But I think as far as the the body type in the NBA, I don't think I think like Lonzo and Lamelo uh, have the best chance because this game is no longer kind of like the bulky kind of larger stockier players it's all about can you shoot three so you got to be lanky can you score inside can you get under all these big screens and stuff like that there is not a lot of bigger players there's tall but they're also very skinny like look at rudy gobert yeah he's making waves um look at even porzingis he put on a couple couple of pounds of muscles obviously um this in this off season but he's still very, very skinny. I would say the biggest person in the league right now is like a, a DeMarcus Cousins. But even then, he's not. Oh, maybe no, no, Nikola Jokic. He's probably that's um, true. He's probably the biggest. Um, but yeah, I, as far as point guards go, I don't know. It just seems like Lamelo has the best. I don't know though because chunky Kevin Kevin Love, when he played for Minnesota, did a whole lot better than fit Kevin Love for the Cavs. So the keto season, Kevin Love. Yeah. Keto Kevin. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of talk about old LaMelo Ball. I'm excited for him. Yeah. I think he has the, it's the potential to be, be the greatest comeback in the history of write offs. Because, I mean, let's be honest, we all kind of wrote him off after he decided to go pro in Europe and Lithuania or whatever. And yeah. decided to come back to high school. And it's like, no, you can't really do that. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Something that came out this week was uh, the top 100 players of all time. And we'll kind of touch on just the top 15 because there were some shockers. Yeah. So, Bleacher Report did this. Bleach, yeah. This was Bleacher Report. And then the NBA did their own top 100 uh, of this year. And we'll kind of talk on that just a little bit too. But for Bleacher Report, uh, just flying through this real quick, we'll go 15 to 1. So 15, they had Kevin Durant. 14, Kobe Bryant. 13, they had Hakeem Olajuwon. 12, they had David Robertson, 11, Oscar, 10, Curry, 9, Chamberlain, 8, Russell, 7, Duncan, 6, Shaq, 5, Bird, 4, Magic, 3, Kareem, 2, LeBron, 1, Jordan. So, I agree with the majority of this list. And this is coming from a fan that thinks LeBron LeBron is better. Yeah. So I am comfortable with this list. I'm comfortable with LeBron being number two in this list. So as they're making this list, there's a couple things to keep in mind. So it was all based on statistics. And then ultimately the tiebreaker between LeBron and Jordan was uh, Michael Jordan had, he had never lost in the finals. So he had more championships, stuff like that. But 50% is offense and 50% is defense. So you got to keep in mind that a lot of these people that you wouldn't think necessarily that high are in there because they played exceptional defense as well. 
Another reason why I'm okay with LeBron being a number two, because especially most recently, he's not played defense. And that's what I have to say. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good list. Um, I, I like that there's not players just from this era that they're, they're bringing all-time basketball. I mean, it is an all-time yeah. list, but like a lot of times when you think about it, sometimes they'll say like all-time list and it'll be players from 2000s to now, and yeah. they don't bring yeah. back all like the the like history. Bill Russell. Yeah, like Bill Russell. Yeah. Which Even Oscar like, Robinson. Or, or Yeah, Oscar Robertson. I, I think he's pretty un, underrated as well. Even yeah. Tim Duncan. Man, Tim Duncan's great. Yeah. Shout out Justin. <laughs> Shout out Justin. Um, oh, yeah. This is what I was going to say. Why the heck is Curry over Kobe? Hey, can you watch your mouth? This is a kid's podcast. Okay. W.T. Heck. Thank you. Um, just because he's a better player. All right. Next list. Can you back that up, please? Yes. Yes, I can. Let me pull out my Excel document. Oh, my gosh. So, seasons played, yes, Kobe has more. We all know that. Played 20 seasons, and Steph has only played 10 so far. But that doesn't mean Steph can't go another 10 or 11 seasons. We'll see. Okay. Hopefully his ankles can support him that long. I know he's had trouble in the past with those. But let's just... Hopefully Aisha can support him for that long. That's true. That's true. I don't know how many more babies they're going to have. But <laughs> All right, let's start from the beginning. Draft night. Draft night. Steph was picked number seven. Where was old Kobe Bryant picked? 13. Just from the beginning, Steph's already better. That's true. I mean, I guess. All right, that's all. That's all I need to say. That's that's where you that's where your argument stops. <laughs> I mean, it starts from it stops from the beginning. So, it stops from the okay. Time out. <laughs> Time out. Remember when I said half of this is compiled because of defense and half of this is offense? Yes. Do you have the stats pulled up for uh, Steph Curry right now? Yes. I have his all-time and Kobe's all-time. So, okay, okay. we'll break it down. We'll break it down. It's kind of, you have to think about it. No, I don't want to think about it. Be- Just tell me the numbers. Because Kobe's played more, his stats are a little different than my friend Steph. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It is in my because... mind. Okay. Go ahead. Um, like the games played like Kobe's obviously played more so he's played 1346 when Steph has played 694 so got to think about that um points Kobe's at 20 was averaging 25 points per game while Steph was at 23.5 rebounds Kobe 5.2 Steph 4.5 assists Hmm. assists 4.7 we all know Kobe was a ball hog and then that's why Steph was at the 6.6 Field goal percentage, 44.7 for Kobe. (laughs) Steph was at 47.7. Oh, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. Three-point field goal percentage, 32.9. Steph, 43.6. Yeah. Points. Offense. There we go. Um, (laughs) uh, Free throw. You win the the game at free throw. Let's see see how your boy Kobe did. 83.7. Wow. Let's see how Steph did. 90.5. Greatness. Greatness. Uh, so right now it's two and two. Yeah, like this, Kobe leads in two and Curry <laughs> leads in two. Like, where, where's your argument? This doesn't really go into the defensive side of things other than the rebounds, but who knows? Well, let's just, let's just think about the defense for a second. 
and this this will be fresh in your mind because a you're a uh, Golden State Warriors fan and and b that um, the Warriors have, have been blessed to be in the finals not because of their defense for the past four years. No, what are you talking about? Zaza is great at defense. Yeah, he's great at hurting players. <laughs> so who who was viewed as the weak link on the Golden State Warriors team out of the starting five as far as defense goes? Who would the opposing team always try to get the matchup on? For defense or just overall? You're saying? For defense. Overall, that's I mean, the weakest about. link would be Kevin Durant. But I guess defense, maybe. Oh, that's the weakest Achilles. Oh. Talking about the weakest link. Got him. Um, I guess defense, maybe Andrew Bogut. Steph Curry, you, you son of a gun. We're about to have a shootout here in this podcast. Red Dead. Um, no, like every single time they would try and get, every time LeBron was in the finals, they would try and get a pick or a screen so that LeBron would be against Curry. Well, you're just going for the mismatch then. Yeah, exactly. But like if you want the mismatch, that's what I'm saying though. Like he's the worst defensive player. He he doesn't play defense. He can't play defense, especially in the playoffs. He's he can do steals occasionally. He can do the steals, but for the most part, it's like he kind of just sits there. I mean, when he's uh, scoring, let's see, uh, twenty three point five points a game, he's he's pretty good. So yeah, it is pretty good. But compared to defense and what was Kobe's twenty twenty five? Sorry, oh, you're good. Yeah. Oh man. I Listen, think we disagree on that one just because you have all of Curry's jerseys. Um, not all of them, just a couple. Just 98% of them. <laughs> just as ones from high school to now, but <laughs> I, I don't have as little league ones. Yeah. So Twitter exploded on this. When yeah, this they list did. came out. Yeah. Um, there was all of Kobe's fans came out um, in droves like they normally do uh, when Kobe is anywhere but number one. And it was it was frightening. I thought the the Twitterverse would explode, but it it survived. It hung on by a thread. A lot of that's that's really the main thing that I saw. A lot of people were upset with. Yeah, so, they were fine with all the other rankings. Just the fact that Kobe was fourteen and not number one. Well, I I don't even I don't think it was that he was that low. I think maybe if he was number thirteen and Curry was number fourteen, I think people would have been fine with that because whenever there's a conversation about like the top 10 in the league or of all time, excuse me, Curry is never in the conversation. Yes, he's won a lot of championships, but he is never in the conversation. Listen, Bleacher Report is a reliable source, so we just need to let the experts over there do what they do best and put Curry in the top 10. So, Okay. I follow a guy, I think it was Andy Bailey on uh, Twitter, and he was he was just retweeting a bunch of videos like, I wish I could defend this on a, on a public scale. It's like, well... <laughs> I don't think that would help. <laughs> I don't think that would help. Hasn't really helped me, so. Yeah. Still working on it, though. Still yeah. working on it. So let's talk about, you want to talk about the top 10 that the NBA said, um, ranking the best players this season? Yeah. So uh, I'll just go through it real quick. So number 10, we got Paul George. Nine, Damian Lillard. Eight, Joel Embiid. Seven, uh, Jokic. Six, Steph Curry. Five, Anthony Davis. Four, James Harden. Three, LeBron James. And then two, Kawhi Leonard, one, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. It's the remix. Steph Curry didn't make the top five. Wow. Dang. And he's he's top ten all time? Dang. He's still in that top ten. 
Yeah, but he's not. He's not. You know who's not on this five. list? Kobe. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's compare a retired player to a non-retired <laughs> player. No, but some people do that, like on Twitter. Like he's not even playing anymore. Like right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I know. I'm okay with this list, kind of. Um, I think it's appropriate that LeBron James is not in the top two. I'm okay with that. Um, I think Joel Embiid and Damian Lillard do not belong in that list. Anthony Davis does not belong top five. You think? Maybe two years ago, but not this year. Like, Yeah, okay. That's fair. It, I think that there's definitely a lot of hype around him. Right now because he's on LeBron's team. Right. So that, that's, I guess, a little bit justifiable. But where would you put him? Would you put him top ten still or no? I'd still put him top ten. I don't know five, maybe like maybe seven. I I I didn't. I don't know. I would rearrange it the list a little bit differently. Yeah, it is a little shocking that Russell Westbrook's not on it. Yeah, well, he had a, he had a pretty bad year this past year, and I think this is just based off that last year. Here's the players that are going to do the best. But then, why so, is Anthony Davis on it? If he was injured point. most of the year, that's a good point. I think his stat line was a little bit higher than Russell Westbrook's, but I could be wrong on that one. That is a very good point. That is an excellent point, and I will be notifying ESPN or Thank NBA. You. On ESPN. On ESPN, excuse me. I'm trying to think of other players that deserve to be on this list. It's hard because like, you want to put Kevin Durant on the list, but then you got to think he's injured, so he can't be on the list. Um, right. Kimball Walker? Duh. No. <laughs> number one? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm okay with this list, except for like Damian Lillard and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's really, really good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. And maybe, like, why not Ben Simmons? I'm not saying, like, top 10, but, like, yeah. all he's proven this offseason he's ready. So I wonder, yeah. is he, like, 11? Where does he rank? I guess we could have looked at the whole list, but. No, this is more fun. Yeah, top 10. <laughs> That's all that matters. That was my sports center top 10. That was great. You want me to get my trumpet? We can play it on the trumpet? You know what? I've heard you play the trumpet. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was mean. <laughs> well, dang. Here we are. We made it. We are here. We did make it. To the fun fact of the day. Fun fact. So, talking about great players, I figured I'd talk about Wilt Chamberlain, former NBA superstar Wilt Chamberlain. He went 14 seasons without ever fouling out of a game. That's something even I couldn't do. Yeah. It's crazy. I wonder how that would rank now. Like, would he be able to not foul out of a game in today's today's game? I don't know. I think the refs are a little bit more uh, strict as far as physicality goes in the basketball. Yeah. For me, this is this is pretty hard to relate to because I was known as um, somewhat of an enforcer. Really? When it comes to basketball. Yeah, I had the 13th spot on the roster out of 14. And I would come into, come into games when someone needed to get fouled. And my coach would always look at me and say, go for the knees. Go for the knees. Wow. I didn't I'm realize sure. you could like target areas on 2K. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is, no, this is back in middle school. Oh, middle school. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Woo! The NBL. Yeah, the NBL. Me and LaMelo. <laughs> That's a pretty fun stat. Um, I think, I don't know. That it, it, It'd be hard. It's it's hard to kind of like put people from different areas in today's basketball, but I think just in general, the way the refs have been. Very temperamental. Protecting, protecting well, temperamental. Not, not temperamental necessarily, but I think this they're protecting the players. Okay. Kind of. Because temperamental makes him seem like, oh, he, he looked at me funny. I'm going to give him a foul. That's happened. 
I mean, maybe. <laughs> I, I'm always reminded, like, when Tim Duncan clapped on the bench twice and he gets thrown out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> hey, that's that's the way the news goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. That's the way the cookie crumbles. All right, that's it. We're at the end of the episode. End of the episode. Any, anything else you want to say? In a Western, you got to do it in a Western accent if you want to say anything. Thanks, partners. Thanks for making it this far with us. Episode 8. We enjoyed having you at our humble humble watering hole. At the saloon. At the saloon. <laughs> Spitting out uh, a jar. Ding! <laughs> we'll see you next time as we ride off into the sunset. Tuk, 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 tuk.